All right, everybody. Good morning. It's a uh, it's a morning in North Texas, North Central Texas. This morning, early weather came through, and uh, they had been saying it was up in the Midwest, and it might play out before it got to uh, North Central Texas. I live in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, and it didn't play out. About six fifteen, six thirty. A lot of rain, a lot of thunder. Then it played out before it got to downtown Dallas. So go figure that one out. But in the meanwhile, we've had another inch of rain. And uh, I hope you've had some rain over the last uh, week or two or three or four or five. And it looks like we're going to have sunny weather the rest of this weekend. Good morning. In the meanwhile, as I was coming to my broadcast uh, uh, studio, I um, saw a great big turtle out in the middle of our county road. No traffic to speak of, but you never know when some goof that likes to run down turtles would come along. And so I stopped, and I was helping the turtle off the road. He didn't know which way was off, and so I was helping. And uh, oh, <laughs> I got here with about a minute to spare. Turtles don't move very fast, and you shoo them along with your shoe, and it doesn't speed it up a whole lot. So anyway, poor Jared. I was uh, wondering, where is Neil? What is going on with Neil? And so we're here. I'm here to answer your lawn and garden questions. Turtle's safe. Neil's safe. Neil's here. Let's talk gardening. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I, uh, I don't do that when there's busy traffic, but I'll surely do it on a, on a uh, rural county road and even, uh, even a, a quiet highway. I just really feel sorry for the turtles. Those things live a long time, and and uh, they don't need our help in premature death. Uh, Texas Lonely Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Call right now, won't you please? Uh, Jared will answer the phone, find out what uh, city you live in, and uh, what the plant question you might have would be, and then we'll get the program underway. I'm here a little after 11 until just a little before 12 noon. Every Saturday, been doing this for more than 30 years. Now we have more than 30 stations across the great state of Texas, and uh, that's what we call the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I have one more thing I need to get done, and that's to open up my uh, call screen page. I didn't get that done. That's the last remaining thing uh, to do before we can go on the air, and I have it now. So, hey, I think life is wonderful. Um, as we uh, head toward the middle of June, I would recommend to you that this be the time that you fertilize your St. Augustine because gray leaf spot is a fungal disease that is exacerbated, to use a about as big a word as I care to use on the air, uh, by uh, nitrogen applied in the presence of heat. That disease became quite an issue about 30 years ago, and if you have a lawn in the summertime that turns kind of an insipid yellow color and you look at it, it has spots all over the leaves. Uh, you say, man, it just looks like somebody splattered it with boiling water. Uh, that's gray leaf spot. These will be diamond-shaped gray-brown uh, spots about the size of BBs. And they show up in the hot weather uh, very often a week or two after you have applied nitrogen. And uh, the lawn will turn yellow, but on closer inspection, you'll see these uh, spots. And if that's happening to you, then that's gray leaf spot. You need to lay off the nitrogen. Don't fertilize during the hot weather. And 
So that's why I say this is about the tail end of the lawn feeding season for St. Augustine. Bermuda isn't impacted by it, but Zoysia and St. Augustine are. And so uh, I'd fertilize and then I'd water it. And uh, azoxystrobin, that's the same thing we have been recommending in the springtime in the cooler weather for take-all root rot. The lawn looks kind of similar to take-all root rot, but you don't see those big spots on the leaves with take-all root rot. That's how you can tell the two things apart. So before I put you right back into a slumber, I'll just let that go at that point. Azoxystrobin is found in, um, in uh, Scott's Disease X, EX. Um, I normally don't go specifically to brands when I make my recommendations, but if they're the only one that has it, which I believe they are at the consumer line, then I don't have much choice, and I might as well send you to something that you can remember instead of saying azoxystrobin. <laughs> I don't think that will roll off your tongue. Um, what else did I want to mention to you? It's a little bit early for chinch bugs. They will show up uh, in the next two or three weeks, as hot as it's getting. And it's not grubworm season, folks. It's almost time to treat for grubworms, but they are not feeding actively at this point. Uh, if you have interest in a fall tomato crop, don't think that I have lost my mind, please. It's almost the middle of June. I'm just putting that time stamp on this comment. If you have interest in a fall vegetable garden, and tomatoes are at the top of that list for you, then you need to start your tomato seeds or cuttings right now. Yes, you can grow tomatoes from cuttings. They need to be planted around the 4th of July or early July in most of Texas, a little bit later in South Texas. That just baffles people. They can't grasp that. And I'm not going to go through all the math with you right now. Just trust me on it. It works. And uh, so that's that's your point. And so this is a time to take cuttings, the, the terminal uh, four or five inches of healthy, vigorous tomatoes. The varieties that have done well for you this spring will be the same varieties that will do well for you in a fall garden. That's um, That's enough. That'll get us started. Let me give you the phone number again. I may need to find another call screen page because this one is quiet, and I'm not sure that that's the right call screen page. I'll ask Jared when we get into uh, into the break. It is uh, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Folks, with Father's Day just a week away, I'm telling you right now, this is your last chance. If you want to buy my book as a Father's Day gift, we will be taking them to the post office Monday. And if you need it for a Father's Day gift, order it now. Monday is the day I will deliver them to the post office. This is a self-published book, and I'm doing most of the work myself in our garage. Kind of warm out there. I'll be doing it this afternoon evening and uh, tomorrow afternoon evening, taking them Monday. Very special limited time offer that will run out on Father's Day. It will be gone after Father's Day. That's the date I've decided to cancel the the special offer. The book is 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, 11 chapters that cover every aspect 
of gardening, from fruit and vegetable gardening to flowers, landscapes, lawns, the whole works, 11 chapters. Chapter 2, I point out specifically, is a 48-page chapter. It's a calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. Four pages per month. I've never had it in a book before. This is the fifth printing of my book already. 65,000 copies printed to date. I self-published this book so it could be exactly the book I always wanted for you. And I'm, I started out selling it at $31.95 plus tax and postage instead of the price that it will be after Father's Day, $36.95. And the reason I did that was we had a paper shortage at the beginning of the printing and I needed to give an, a, an incentive uh, for ordering it so that, uh, so that people would be willing to order because they had to wait back then. You don't have to wait now. What you buy today, I will put in the mail on Monday. So that's the offer to you. Thirty-one ninety-five. It will be thirty-six ninety-five in ten days. Don't delay. And if you need it for Father's Day, get it ordered right away. Not in stores. Not on Amazon. It's only from NeilSperry.com. If you must call, can't order online for some reason, then you'll need to call my office Monday, and that number is eight hundred seven five two G R O W. However, Gretchen in my office is the only one there, and she has some some family things going on. She is in and out, and she's helping with the books as well. So it's better if you can to order on the phone, uh, order online at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. The phone number again, 9 to 5 business days, 800-752-GROW. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening at neilsperry.com. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings and durable metal roofing, but that name Mueller means so much more. It means you have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers, to help design the building of your dreams. It means you have a company in business for 90 years, standing behind your warranty. And it also means you get tons of added value, such as roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products, like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. You need to get a Mueller greenhouse so you'll be ready this fall when it's time to bring the plants in. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-MUELLER. 3553, or you can stop by one of their 33 locations. That's MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right. Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Kelly and I have worked together 35 years. You're hearing a zipper. You will hear a soft drink, Diet Coke coming out. I am just getting organized before your ears here forgive me but that turtle is alive and out of the road and in the ditch i hope when i go home he is nowhere to be seen now last thing to do is open the diet coke i think i can survive now thank you mouth is dry water alone just doesn't do it um phone number is 888-256-1080 we have an open line and that one's on you you need to dial us up 
Let me help you with a plant question. I love doing this program, and I'd love to hear from you. It is 888-256-1080. So call now, won't you please? Dan in College Station, first call of the day. This is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Thanks for uh, Yeah, I have a uh, difficult time with uh, raising uh, gardenia plants, and um, I always have chlorosis. And I've tried ironite um, in powder form, and I've tried uh, iron zinc in liquid form. But the leaves keep turning yellow from more or less from the trunk outwards towards the end of the plant. But it doesn't necessarily start on new leaves. It's old leaves in the middle of the plant. That's not iron. Go away. That's not iron, then. Um, Iron will always be on the newest growth first. And it will always show with yellow leaves with dark green veins. The veins are the last part to, and you didn't address this, so I'm, I'm just uh, giving you a little extra information. The veins will retain the iron longer than, than the intervenal area. But iron will always show, that's textbook, uh, that it will show at the farthest point from the, uh, uh, from the, uh, from the, from the roots, from the, from the trunk, from the stems. And so what you're seeing is either last year's leaves that are getting ready to shed. Uh, it, I'm giving you a bunch of things that will not apply, Dan, and you can sort through and throw away most of them. Uh, it could be, probably not this year, but it could be a plant that got too dry and then got some water and it, it perked back up again and those leaves shed. That's what you'll see with poinsettias at Christmas when we let them get too dry. They wilt and then they start shedding their, their lower leaves. They turn yellow and fall. Uh, so that that in in a rare time could happen. Not this year with all the rain. Um, it could be uh, it could be another element. Might be nitrogen. Uh, but my guess would be that it's last year's leaves. They are really shedding. the The leaf drop, the leaf shed, is a little bit behind this year on a lot of plants. We have magnolias, uh, a magnolia, a little gem magnolia, right by our deck. And it's driving me nuts right now. I blow the deck, and four hours later, i got to go blow the deck again. It's more leaves, and it's last year's leaves. Um, that would be my guess, but that's not iron deficiency. Let me address iron deficiency in College Station because I grew gardenias when I was a kid in our yard uh, uh, six blocks off Highway 6 in College Station uh, over by the East Gate. And... I had to plant them in in pure compost. Uh, the soil is not especially alkaline like it is in where I live now and and in many parts of Texas. But a lot of organic matter up front before you plant them will help a great deal. But they can be grown in College Station, and uh, and then adding the iron will help. But that's not iron deficiency. Okay. Okay. So uh, I just had to wait it out for the summer. Well, I don't know that weighted out is, uh, is, is the right answer. Nothing else let me, let me, let me tell you what, how I, how I look at when somebody calls and says, I have a plant with yellow leaves. Uh, and, and I've said this on the air a time or two. So, uh, it's, I'm not just dreaming this up to, to push you aside. I, I promise. Saying that about a plant is roughly equivalent to my calling my family practitioner and saying, I just don't feel good. He's going to say, well, tell me some more. And, and so at this point, I would want to see the plant. I'd want to see 
a lot of the other circumstances. Your plant might be in a bog. It might be getting very poorly drained soil, and those leaves might be yellowing because the plant doesn't have enough oxygen. It, and, and to the counter, it might have gotten too dry because back under an eave or, or whatever. It could be some kind of, as I said, I'm going to throw out a lot of things that will not apply that you'll have to throw out. But it could be uh, it could be a gas leak. It could be a weed killer uh, injury from a few months ago or a month ago. Weed and feed fertilizer that damaged those leaves. Now the growth has come on beyond it. But my guess would be that having seen gardenias and other plants like them for 50 years of doing this, at this time in the growing season, in an average growing season, uh, it's usually old leaves that are shedding. You need okay. to look and see if these, are, if any of these is a leaf that was produced in this growing season. If it was, then I'm wrong. If they're all leaves that were left over from last year, then bingo, we've nailed it. Okay. Okay. It's, it, it's in the planter, and I, um, it's in the planter, and it gets morning sun. And um, What did it I, look like the 1st of March after the really bad cold? Uh, it was fine. Okay, then then I want you to look at those leaves and go back and monitor where they might. I I, I just I can't go any farther uh, okay. without seeing the plant. And in another life, when Facebook was cooperative, I would tell you post a photo for me on my Facebook page. But two weeks ago, they changed their format, and I have no clue how to get po- photos from people posted on my Facebook page now. Hired somebody okay. yesterday, a brilliant person, to work, and two hours later, he said, "I can't figure it out either, Neil." Uh, so at that point, I, I just have to tell you to try to track it back, see if these are old leaves. I'll bet they are. Okay, thank you. That's the best I have, Dan. I, I, okay. I'll bet it'll be fine. Watch the new growth, and it'll tell you if there's a serious problem. But that is not iron deficiency. Thanks okay. for the call. Thank you. You betcha. Let me go to John and Ingleside. And, uh, boy, this one may be harder for me even, so I'm going to try it. John, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was. Uh, my name's Ashton, but uh, I was curious about the raised, the raised beds, the like magic box for growing herbs. I have a small house, so I don't have a lot of place to garden. I was curious, just by moving that around, if I could grow my own small volume of uh, produce. I'm not familiar with the term magic box gardens. That's what was throwing me. Uh, you can certainly grow your own herbs and, and vegetables in small areas as long as you're careful about the types that you choose and don't get some giant plant. Some, some herbs and some vegetables are huge, and, and you have to be very discriminating, but yes, you can. What is special about magic box gardens? Is that somebody's trademark name, or what is that? I, I'm not sure what, what it was. Just something uh, my wife bought that was uh, elevated above the ground, and she said we can move it into the shade. Or I'm, okay, I'm not sure. it's just a container garden then of one sort or another. There is a lot of um, uh, interest in in raised gardens, and that is always a good plan. I, my my comment to people is you can always add water. When you have a rainy season, like, like parts of Texas have had over the last month, you, it's much harder to subtract water. If you get a plant, that, a, a garden that is down at grade, not being raised, 
it's awfully hard to suck that water out of the soil if the water table is right at the ground line. If it's raised, all the extra water will drain out. That's that's to your advantage. Um, how can I be of help specifically? Because I'll acknowledge that a raised garden is a good idea. I don't know if there are any gimmicks involved with a magic box garden. I see all kinds of uh, strange um, I'm not saying this one is, but I see all kinds of strange things like upside down hanging baskets and things that have no chance of succeeding. I don't know what this one is. No, Mr. Neal, it's just basically a compatibility. Do you risk anything by doing, say, I don't want to do a whole bunch of you know, lettuce or anything with maybe trying to grow cilantro, but if maybe I just did jalapenos, maybe with cilantro, could you could you hurt one or the other by cross-contaminating and making one, I know it won't make the other one hot, but just as far no, as... No, no, not at all. That, they won't hurt one another. Um, the only way that you would hurt another crop would be if you crowd them too much, trying to get too much in a small space. And that is really easy to do when you start uh, growing in, in, in raised gardens. So check the mature size of these plants before you start planting uh, lettuce, it's way too late to plant lettuce. Uh, you would want to plant it for a fall garden, fall and early winter garden. You would want to plant it in September um, so that it won't be bitter. If you plant it now, it will be so bitter you would spit it out. You would never take the second bite. Um, cilantro is, is more challenging in Texas, and it's going to need cooler weather. Uh, your peppers will do well, and and you could plant them now, and and they would come on for a fall harvest. Thank you very it's, much, sir. It's crop, yeah, you betcha. It's crop by crop by crop. You just do each crop, and you study up on each one of them, because these are like students in a classroom. Every one of them comes with special, and when I say special needs, I'm not talking about real challenges i'm just saying special requirements of what they need to to be successful so hey i appreciate your call good luck with it we're going to come back and go to the other side of texas to uh, greg and amarillo in just a moment we have a couple of open lines if you'd like to occupy one we have a limit of one line at a time per customer <laughs> it'd be hard to do more 888-256-1080 jared taylor is alongside running the boards, and answering the phones for me, screening the calls, 888-256-1080. Call now. Nils Frey's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email Thursday evenings right at 6 o'clock. We have about 75,000 people signed up for eGardens, and uh, people tell me, Neil, that's the best thing you do. I really appreciate eGardens, and I'm grateful to hear that. It has five stories each week. One of those stories is always going to be uh, the uh, featured plant of the week. One of those stories will always be a featured question of the week, something I have been asked repeatedly. Another of the stories will always be a, a list of the things, I call it gardening this weekend, a list of the 10 or 15 things that are most critical for you to accomplish in that weekend in the next three or four days. You'll get it on Thursday evening. You can go shopping on Friday and be ready for the weekend. As we get into the heat of the summer, that's when insect and disease problems are most likely to show up as our plants are challenged by the weather. And so gardening this weekend will outline those and tell you what to be on alert for. That was really grammatically poorly stated. 
forgive me. But Neil Sperry's eGardens is something you need to have. We have a very high open rate. People look at eGardens because they like it. I think you will, too. If you want to see what it's all about, go to my website. That's where you sign up for it. You have to do that. Go to neilsperry.com. That's where you can get the, the last few days of that special offer on my book before it closes down on Father's Day evening. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. Click on the eGardens tab. You'll see where you sign up, and you can also see the most recent issue, which was, uh, uh, what is this? This is the 12th, so it was on the 10th. And uh, click, and you'll see it, and you'll say, yep, I want that. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on eGardens. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Amarillo. Let's go to Greg. Greg, good morning. How can I help you this morning? Uh, Neil, I, I love your show. I listen every Saturday morning. I'm usually driving somewhere to you keep me company. But here, here's I have two questions. Sure. Uh, several weeks back, you said it was time to weed and feed the yard again. I have fescue. It's, it's we had a very mild weather up until about a week ago, and this went from sixty to a hundred. Is it is it too late to go ahead and, and weed and feed again? Yeah, I'm not I'm not ever going to recommend weed and feed products. I I may recommend okay. fertilizing and then at another breath recommend uh, weed killers, but not in the same product. Um, okay. So it is time for fescue. Uh, it's kind of late for fescue feeding. That's a okay. cool season grass, and and you would want to finish that. If, let me just speak generically. If you were asking me to come up with a fertilizer, a fertilization schedule for fescue, it would involve, for amarillo, it would involve feeding in September and probably early November and then probably early. I'm, I'm just thinking about amarillo because you guys are roughly equivalent to uh, uh, uh south dakota on on when it yeah. when it warms up oh goodness yeah. i saw freezing weather with you all so late this year it's just crazy yeah. but anyway i your your spring feeding would probably come in in early march and then early may and i'd i'd shut it down then during the summer you don't want okay. to encourage fescue to do too much in the heat um, well, and then as far I'm... as weed killers are concerned um you have to be kind of careful with weed killers because if you use a pre-emergent to kill seeds as they try to germinate, then they're going to be hanging around when you overseed. You have to overseed fescue every year in September mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To, to keep it nice and thick, and you don't want to have a pre-emergent out there fighting that. So I would not use a pre-emergent. If you have broadleaf weeds, let's just say you have some miscellaneous dandelions and and uh, clover or something, you could use a post-emergent broadleafed weed killer. These are not not grasses, non-grassy weeds. You could certainly use that uh, at this time, and I'd do it in the evening when it's not quite so warm. Yeah, I I did use a pre-emergent to kind of make sure crabgrass didn't didn't come around but right. yeah and you it, it you can do that yeah. but that that application where you are would have been early april and i'm, I'm yeah. folks yeah, I, let me let me speak to everybody else listening amarillo gets its own special call out here because it really it's even different very different from lubbock it's amazing how a two-hour drive or even less than that can make a huge difference in in timing but um so pre-emergent for amarillo for crabgrass and graspers would be 
first uh, of April and then uh, May, June, uh, sometime in uh, late June probably. So you're there now. And I, that worries me, though, Greg, because that's going to be 90 days effective, and that's going to get into September. Um, okay. I'd go early June. I'd go now. And then okay. sow your fescue seed in, in mid, uh, mid-September and don't put any pre-emergent out in the fall. I have one other quickie. Sure. I, I had a couple of uh, oak trees. I, I had a bird feeder near my crepe myrtle, and uh, a couple of uh, – I, I thought this oak tree was part of the crepe myrtle, just an offshoot. And, I mean, it just – we got a lot of rain in May. And I mean, it just went boom and went four feet high. It's – you know, I, I, I want to try and transplant it. Mm-hmm. I should do that in, in – in, in the fall, correct? I shouldn't in the in the winter after you've had your first freeze, and so you're okay. looking at sometime in early December probably. Okay, I was going to tell you. I used to live in College Station, and I didn't have the good sense to 40 years ago to tell my wife we weren't going to move, but I got overruled. But I can't believe the way College Station has changed so much. <laughs> Every time you mention it, I, I, when I go down there, I can't believe this is you know, what it is now. but Oh, anyway. tell me. Yeah, I used to yeah. ride my bicycle when I was uh, a fifth grader on streets now that are like Indianapolis 500. <laughs> yeah. it's, it is crazy. Anyway, you are in yeah, a very nice place, and, though. You're in a nice yeah. place with uh, friendly people. Amarillo is a great yeah, town. It, 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 is, yeah. it is. That's true. But I, I love College Station, too. But, it, yeah. Neil, I appreciate you very much and love your show. Thanks. Listen every Saturday. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Appreciate it, Greg. You too. All right. That, uh, if you haven't spent a lot of time in Amarillo, they, they love their country. They're very defensive of, uh, of their city. And in terms of, uh, uh, yes, they say it's flat here, and we love it. And uh, they have some beautiful landscapes in Amarillo, and they appreciate good gardening. It's, it's a lot more challenging. So hats off to them. All right. have a couple calls ahead. Let me get a break out of the way, and we'll come right back to uh, take those. Neil's Price, Lone Star Gardening. This is, uh, as I'm wrapping up, this very special offer that I've had for the last couple of months. This was to get the uh, fifth printing of my book underway, and the fifth printing is has been <laughs> has been phenomenal. Thank you. I'm talking about in terms of sales. I am immensely grateful for your interest in my book. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I decided to self-publish so that I would get to choose the editor of my choice, Carolyn Skye. She's fabulous and graphic designer of my choice. And that's Cindy Smith. And the three of us worked on this book for a long time. And I'm really happy with this book. It's the best work of my career. But I also decided that I did not want to put it in stores and didn't want to work through Amazon. I just wanted to sell them all myself, not to grab all the money, you know, that's in quotes, because I'm selling the book for what it would have sold to the stores for. I'm not making any more money this way. Uh, currently, it's only thirty-one ninety-five plus tax and postage, and that will be through Father's Day. I've decided to continue the special offer that I had at Mother's Day all through Father's Day, and then it will become what it should have been originally, thirty-six ninety-five. I had that low price because it was delayed in the fifth printing due to a paper shortage. So here's what you'll be getting. You'll get 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, 11 chapters that cover every aspect of gardening, and that's fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening, lawns, and landscapes for the entire state of Texas, all 
the counties, all 254 counties. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed. This is a hardback book printed in San Antonio. I wouldn't want a book called Lone Star Gardening to be printed out of the country. Your satisfaction, as I say, is completely guaranteed. I will sign your copy as soon as it sells. I'll be signing tonight and tomorrow night to put them in the mail on Monday so that we can honor Father's Day. I'm caught up with the pre-orders, and I'm ready to help you. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, not in stores and not on Amazon. Here are the two ways you can order it. And one of them is to call my office on Monday, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. But the office will be open part of the time while Gretchen helps me with the books and also helps uh, one of her family members who's having some medical issues. Uh, The other way that you can order, the much better way, is to order it online at my website, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Robert in Big Spring. Robert, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, usually I plant my uh, I, I plant sweet corn, and um, I'm a little late this year, but I usually do it right after the last freeze. Is uh, well, can you explain to me about the summer garden and winter gardens? When can I plant my sweet corn to get it going? You would plant it. Uh, it's hundred. It's hundred and ten degrees every day. You know, I gotta have to water like crazy. You know, you don't plant it now. That's what you do. You plant it about the first of August, and that will that will let it come up and get established. And then it will uh, grow during September, which is a much better time usually, and, and you'll have your harvest in October. That's that's what you need to do. You don't plant anything. Uh, about August 1st, you said? Yes, sir, the first week of August in Big Spring. Uh, that'd, that'd be great. Thank you so much for your help. You are welcome. Thanks for the call very much. Appreciate that. I'm going to get my last break out of the way right now, and then we have Florence and Brenham on Roses and Cassie in Trophy Club on Yopon Hollies. NeilSperry.com is my website. That's where you buy my book. And remember that low price on the book goes away in uh, in eight days. It will go away. It will not be continued. That's at NeilSperry.com. That's where you sign up for my electronic newsletter called eGardens. And it's where you see my 1,001 Most Asked Questions, the FAQ page of my website. There's a lot more, too, at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. But let's do a little math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building right in your own backyard. How's that happen? Well, it happens with a Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with a bolt-together design. And they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home. And you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose adding style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller Metal Building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. 
to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller. They're made in America. And they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Florence in Brenham. Florence, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I always listen to your show and always enjoy it. Thank you. My question is, my roses always uh, grow these suckers. What can you do to keep them from always growing those suckers? All right. And when you say suckers, you mean coming up from down at the base of the plant? Yes. All right. And are they different from the, the regular variety that you have? Not really, but it's just, they just come up and grow quicker than the rose produces any flowers then. Okay. Uh, do the rose plants look the, the, the let's talk the about the good look different, yes, sir. Okay. All right, let me let me ask a question in a kind of an odd way. Uh, on the good plant, the uh, on the one on the variety that you planted, are the roses when they open? Are they perfect? Are do they open properly? Yes, or do they? Sir, as far as I know, yes, sir. Okay, so they don't look diseased. They're 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 not no. failing to open. I'm I'm asking about a disease called rose rosette virus. I just wanted to make sure you don't have that on your on your good rose no. uh, variety. Okay. Well, you have uh, you probably have roses that were budded. Uh, another variety was put on a root system of uh, of a uh, just a cutting, uh, uh, probably a multiflora rose. And what you're getting are the sprouts coming off the roots. You must prune those off. You don't want those because they will be wild roses and they will be very strong. Uh, growers, I, everything I just told you is just what you told me, isn't it? <laughs> I'm yes, just sir. I'm just sending it right back to you, and so you have to prune those off before they even start to develop, oh, because okay. they will rob energy from the from the good rose variety that you bought. Okay. Uh, so that's that's exactly uh, what's happening. Um, there is quite a trend in rose growing to what's called own uh, root roses, where they're grown on their own roots. They're they're grown from cuttings. And so if you go out to the Antique Rose Emporium, all of those roses that that Mike Shoup and his team have there are grown from cuttings. You won't find budded roses there. Oh, okay. But but those are old roses. Those are antique roses. Yeah. But that's that's what's happening, and you have to prune those uh, those suckers off and and keep them from developing. You would do the same thing with apple trees and with peach trees. If they started sending out shoots from down below, you would have to prune those off. Okay. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call very much. Let's go to Cassie in Trophy Club. Cassie, you'll be my last call today. I think I think I have a minute. We'll see in just a moment if music starts up. How can I help you? Um, we have yopon bushes, and there's a lot of dead from the cold that we had. Should we trim that off or just leave it? Some, You know, uh, part of it might be a quarter of the bush down below or on a side. Okay. I have a lot of yopons in my landscape. I live in the Metroplex also, and I have one plant that has some dead uh, branch, a, a, a dead branch in it. Um, if I didn't have that, I would have challenged you a little bit to say, are you sure that the cold did that? Because yopons came through pretty well. Uh. I had, I had, and I'm not really challenging you, um, I had a lot of big tree form yopons that looked like they were going to 
kind of like the live oaks do in the Metroplex right now, uh, right. where they had a lot of brown leaves, but they have come back pretty well. Um, I would probably wait another month, and if they just, or if, or if they're completely brittle and don't have any growth on them, yes, you could go ahead and, and trim that off. And, uh, or if you want to wait another month, and if nothing offers to come out, yes, you could trim it off. But then I'd use a lot of nitrogen on a good lawn fertilizer uh, to stimulate some regrowth to help them fill back in, or you may end up having to replace some of them. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Cassie. Thanks for the call. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have enjoyed this very, very much. Uh, To uh, uh, Jared, thanks for running a really good uh, show today. Have a great week. Until next Saturday, happy gardening.